Hello and welcome back to episode four of the ID Boxing Podcast with me, your host, Rob Tebbert. Just like to remind everybody to please like, comment and subscribe, turn your notifications on for more boxing content. Now that's out of the way, I am joined by our esteemed panel of guests, Mr. Barry Jones and Mr. Andy Clark. Guys, going to get it out there before Barry Jones does. I'm extremely late today, so I extend my sincerest apologies to certainly you, Andy, and my apologies to you, Barry. I don't accept. <laughs> We've had this discussion before, I think. You know, why, why am I left waiting? I'm not a prima donna. But, like, it's ridiculous, isn't it? It's, it's beyond a joke. He, it, Andy Clark from Sky. And me from whoever will take me. Like, <laughs> which is everyone at the minute. It is. So, so you know, like, I, you know, you've helped me out in the past. No, I don't need to be here. So, like, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? No, I don't need you. Thank you. I don't need you. I've stepped over your head now. You know what I mean? You've served your fucking purpose. No offence. So, like, don't keep me waiting. Like, there'll be a time when I need your help again. I'll be begging for you to have me on. But right now, that's not the time. Uh, is it, is it the actual, that's the, like, the freelancer's like, guide to, to working that's around, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's the guide. <laughs> yeah. 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 it's, it's in the book, but how to treat people. Uh, when you really need them, be nice. And then, no, yeah. okay, we're not in that space now. <laughs> but you were, you were massively stupidly late. Yeah, like two hours late. Um, but You could have run your, uh, quicker. If you I could, don't know about if that. You, if, you could, <laughs> if you could run. I was, was going to say, say, yeah. I, 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 you know where I could run here? quicker than two hours as if I turned up downstairs but um, <laughs> anyway Andy how are you good yeah very well thanks enjoy the weekend I did I did big card on Saturday it's always you know it's always a pleasure to be going to a packed out O2 I was thinking out as, as I was on my way there because I live nearby you know door to door from leaving my house to being in my seat is about kind of 35 40 minutes and, and it never gets lost on me that you know I was on my way there thinking I haven't been to the O2, O2 that much post-pandemic certainly not when it's been full and you know I was just really really looking forward to it uh, and then yesterday I went down to the London schoolboy finals in Feltham yeah it was great it was really really good you know the loads and loads of fights Stanner was terrific brilliantly well supported they're just great events really 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 great and the the the, the boxers were just you know the 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 technique and the dedication they obviously put in and the effort and the, the, the desire is just at that age is it gives is, you hope that it's yeah it's, well. it's superb and, and their sportsmanship was amazing as well you see some really close fights and they're so well kind of drilled not just in, in, in the basics of boxing but in how to conduct themselves that you know nobody blinked if they got one they felt they should have got or a close one it was straight over to the other corner shake hands with the corner congratulate your opponent bow to all four corners of the ring I loved it you know I walked away from there just thinking this is this is really what this is about. Then there's a massive fight outside and four people got stabbed. <laughs> yeah. That's that, not that, is the type of feel-good uh, feeling that we want to start uh, the show. Uh, before we move on, any any standout names, any in particular ones that we should maybe keep an eye on? I didn't get to stay for as, as long as I wanted to, um, but the... Oh, so you went for show, not for I went, well, I got, we had, I had a bit of an... Instagram. I had a bit of an emergency, actually, and had to, and I, and I had to, had to head home, but... Um, the one fight that kind of stuck out for me, basically, because I'd, I'd had my eye on it anyway, was um, a Newham uh, fighter, John O'Hanlon, against West Ham fighter Charlie Rumble. Because Charlie yeah, Rumble yeah. last season was at Newham and he moved to West Ham. So those two were up against each other. And that was just a really good, really close fight. Um, Newham won the first round, West Ham won the second round, really close third round, good high skill level. One's a southpaw, um, the other one's orthodox. Quite different styles. But same thing at the end, it could have gone either way. Um, O'Hanlon got it, 
Rumble took it really well. Um, yeah, so that was... I don't mean to pick those two out because there were loads and loads of really good fights, but just as a kind of snapshot of what it was all about and what it is all about at that level, uh, I really enjoyed that fight. Enjoy your weekend, Barry? Yeah, it was good, mate. Um, I was sat in front of Andy, actually. They were like, they were like, like they were like four of the seven dwarfs behind me. You had happy, <laughs> shouty, cryy, and grumpy. And Andy, <laughs> no, Andy was happy. Oh, they're happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I thought of it at the time. Spencer's shouty. Gareth was crying because Spencer, uh, Ben picked on him, and Adam Castle was grumpy because he can't wait to slag it off the next week. <laughs> I'm, only jo- I'm only joking. <laughs> He's not, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, right, let's uh, let's jump straight into things because obviously uh, we are running a little bit late. Uh, get that in there again. We're going to start, of course, with Anthony Joshua versus Jermaine Franklin. We're not going to start with the main event because, you know, we want people to join before we get talking. Uh, we just briefly spe- uh, spoke about it before we started filming. Fight of the night for me was Jordan Flynn versus Kane Baker. Andy, we sat next to each other throughout it. It was eight rounds of absolute warfare. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a brilliant fight. I saw Kane during the week and had a chat because we used to see him on um, when he was boxing on Sky Shows on, on Fight Camp and stuff like that around that period. We saw him a lot. And he's just a very likeable character. And it, he brought what he always does. And for Jordan Flynn, that was kind of invaluable experience really on a big stage which he's not really used to even though he's the home guy which Kane is quite used to given the experiences he's had and it was a brilliant fight really really good fight eight solid hard rounds Flynn got it 5-3 which we were kind of chatting as we were watching so I wasn't really scoring mm. it but it it kind of it kind of looked like that that looked about about right but there were times where either one of them looked they looked like they could be in a bit of trouble and had to rally and and come back and it was it was great it it'd be brilliant if fights like that were higher up on cards but we all understand why they're not we all understand why why they're not because you look at that and you think to yourself this is going to be a good fight because unless Jordan Flynn really really turns it on and his levels above Kane Baker this is going to be good because we know that he is I would say he's an he's an area uh, title level kind of fighter came and that and that's a really good level so you know what you'll get from him um, I think and he's it, won one hasn't he I think. yeah I think yeah, he has yeah. yeah yeah and he's, he's he just did the business he delivered the goods Barry how did you see the fight I think 5-3 yeah it was five, close five, I thought I thought Flynn just did enough I remember the first time I seen Kane Baker was when he got robbed in the York Hall against Sanjeev Sahota mm. Sanjeev Sahota sorry yeah and then remember that like, not Sahota good little fighter so he's undefeated I think he retired but yeah, but he, he really did well. And that's the first time I ever met him and saw him fight. And um, so I, you know, I knew then he was tough and he'd shown him to be tougher still. But I think the lesson that Flynn learned is usually all you settle your stall is how the fight continues. To change the pattern of a fight is very difficult. And he wanted the fight inside. He wanted to show good or good or good he was fighting in the pocket, if you will, and, pu- and putting pressure on him. But that was Kane Baker's sort of fight. So then he, ha- he couldn't change the pattern until he had to tough it out. But then against Kane Baker, it's the last thing you want to do. He had success when he, when he, when he created a bit of distance and would be on the jab. He looked better from range, Flynn. And even though, he, even though you're going to invite the oncoming pressure for Baker, he's still going to take punches before he gets to you. And then you can fight inside. You can show your toughness then. I think he tried too hard too soon to go out and put pressure on Baker and then was stuck in a war that he shouldn't have been involved in. But he, I still think he done enough to win. But I can understand why Baker's... You know, 
why him and his team thought they did enough to win because he was the one always pushing forward. There was little pockets in, in that there. Flynn looked in more trouble than Baker did, maybe. But I still thought the quality of the work of, of Flynn probably outshone Baker's. Yeah, I thought it was a close fight. I actually had it a draw, but I mean, Andy just mentioned there, we were kind of talking as you watched it. I felt like a draw, you know, four rounds apiece. I couldn't really have argued if it no, maybe would have gone yeah, the other way. way. Yeah, no, um, any of those would have, been, would have been a fair result. But I do feel like, as you've said there, I feel like Jordan Flynn at times got himself involved a little bit too much. There was a period of time, I think it was around, I think it was a sixth round where Kane Baker was really having success from range with the right hand, which I don't think anybody expected. Uh, but a really, really good fight. And it's going to be the only fight that we talk about from before the bell because we do have a lot to get through today. And the, of only, course, the, only, the only bit that I covered. But go on. Yes. <laughs> um, so up next, we are going to discuss Ammo Williams against River Wilson Bent. Um, Andy, going to come to you first. I think we all on the, the preview show, or we all, only two of us, unfortunately, on the preview show, uh, felt yeah. like it would be a hard night for River Wilson Bent. We, of course, saw him uh, come up short against Hamza Shiraz in a couple of rounds on the Joyce. Parker undercard but I thought he boxed very well um, one or two people not blown away should we say by Ammo Williams's performance what did you make of the fight I liked it I, I thought Wilson Ben was good um, I, I know he was disappointed with what happened against Shiraz and, and I thought he gave a really good account of himself and I was saying to Ammo Williams's manager who I know a little bit when I bumped him into him at the way and I said look this is a good fight for him because yeah he should win it but this guy's a good fighter you know he very nearly won an English title um, don't go too much on what happened against Shiraz. He's 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 good, and and he was I thought, and he did cause him a few problems. You know, halfway through the fight, or maybe after four rounds or so, I looked at Williams and I thought he's being made to work here, and he and he was being made to work. But he, he is a good fighter, Williams, and he bit by bit started to pick his punches well. He doesn't waste a lot, and when he started to to get through, you could see that they were they were having an effect and it started to go one way and you could tell that there was no turning it around at that point so I, I thought it was I thought it was a good fight for Williams just before we move on fight for him. just sorry Annie, before we move on whoever's got their phone on a table can you please take it off because the vibrating will cause my head to explode at some point I know yours is there but is it yours that's going I don't think so because I will look. unfortunately go crazy um, the, the distractions, Barry, they do me in. But anyway, um, moving on to you. Just the man who's just on his phone when you were talking. I had to turn it off because I was conv I thought, what if it's mine? So I put my phone off and over there, it wasn't me. But anyway, moving on. Barry, Ammo Williams. Were you impressed with Ammo Williams or were you more impressed more, with River Wilson more than Ben? More than I'm impressed with you, mate. No, I wasn't massively impressed. I, th I knew it was going to be a harder fight than he thought. What, what he, what, I think what he found... What he didn't think, he was, what he didn't expect, I should say, is is for River Wilson to fire back when he was got when he got hit. I think I think Ammo thought when he hit him, he was going to stay hit and and look to shy away, cover up, and he did. He fired back all the time, and I think that and that's his undoing ultimately. But I think he's a brave kid, and Ammo Williams is a talent. But I think that no, he's too high up in the he's too high up in the ratings. I Number feel. three with the WBA. It's ridiculous because he's nowhere near ready. That's a good division, and unless they're waiting for him to fall down, and even then, it's still a good division. So I think, no, he's too high up for my opinion. But he's he's potentially a, a world class fighter, but he's not yet. And I think I think that fight probably showed it. Cause he's boxing a guy who's good, but like you know, fringe British level. Let's be honest, that's what it is. He's a good fighter though, good to watch. And if you're world level with power you should be go, like going through him that's just a sheer fact you should be 
I think you know, for your the, the way you fight as well. You're not a, a dancer on boxer. Mm. You're you're an aggressive, an aggressive fighter. So, yeah, I, I wasn't massively impressed. But I know there's potential there. You can see that clearly. What's missing from Amo Williams? I felt like he got a little bit left hand happy at times. He was just looking for the same. Shot. Ultimately, he won in the fight. But I just yeah. felt like it was a, he lacked a little bit of variety but in his I, work structure. I think I think it's always always the case you find out with punches. They they lacked a bit of structure. I think I think he thinks he probably hits harder than he does. All that sort of stuff, the success he's had. He thinks he can I know he's 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 hit people they haven't got anywhere. But I still think ultimately he, he dines out on that and but I think also he came over here thinking it was gonna be an easy fight. That's what I thought as well. But yeah, he's structured and he gets he's, he's too easy to hit. When you're going up in levels and and you and you're that easy to hit, you've got to have a great chin. So you've got to tidy that up, and that, and structure gives you that. So that's what I would say. He lacks a bit of structure to his work. He brings that foot forward. He squares up. He makes a lot of silly, obvious mistakes, which are easily fixed. I would say that. But bad habits. I was gonna. I kept this. I was gonna keep this for some bad habits. Are easier to, harder to lose than good habits are to gain. Yeah. I would tell you that much. That was my saying. That was. I was just trying to work it out. I think that's. I think that Peter could Piper, be. Pick the pepper. What? I think that could be a fight that works well for him. Yeah, a good experience for him because American fighters, American boxing in general, can can tend to kind of be quite dismissive of anywhere that's not America, not just not just the UK. And looking at River Wilson Bent and thinking, oh, he's, he lost a couple of times for an English title, he might think. But actually, well, he wouldn't even look at. He wouldn't know what an English title was. He wouldn't. That's what I mean, you know. But, but actually, beat. you know, that's that's a that's a really decent level. Mm. Um, and yeah, you, you'd you'd think that he would would learn quite a lot from the weekend. Andy, we um we were of course expecting to see one Felix Cash on the undercard against uh, Matteo Signani for the uh, for the European middleweight title. He was pulled off the card at the eleventh hour, so to speak. Well, not quite that, but but earlier on in fight week. How do you see, I mean, I, I don't know the issues with, with Felix Cash or why he was ultimately pulled off the card or when he'll be back, but it seems as though the plan still is very much to make Amo Williams versus Felix Cash. Seems like there's, there's, there's kind of more questions about that fight each and every time that they box, which from our perspective makes it probably more interesting. Yeah, I'd say so. With, with Cash, you just don't really know where, where, where is he in terms of his mental state, his physical state. Everything really, because when he dispatched Denzel Bentley, particularly given what Denzel's gone on to do since then, you have to look at that and think, God, that really was that really was a pretty brutal, destructive performance. But things haven't gone quite so well since then. He's had a lot of distractions outside the ring, to say the least. Um, things that would, you know, put a dent in anyone. So I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know what kind of Felix Cash will will get when that fight finally comes around. Um, it's impossible to know, really. If he can arrive there with a clear mind and in good physical condition, then I would fancy him to beat Williams. But that might be because I've seen more of him than I have of Williams, although I have seen quite a lot of Williams. Mm. But, but I would fancy Felix Cash in that fight. But I things happen in people's lives and their careers and can they get back to where they were before? Even though you would feel like he's got a lot to come in his career, it's it's hard to say, really. Something that we'd spoke about um, on the previous show, kind of the human side of boxing and away from the yeah. ring, and it's not just a case of what they do when they're even in the gym or, or, or what. Um, Barry, same question to you, really. Felix Cash versus Amo Williams. I, I would say one thing, that um, there was a time when no one knew what went on 
behind closed doors mm. or on people's private lives and no one cared because you literally like like in any like we don't care about footballers what's going on in their lives just care about their performances and I think boxing should sort of be the same everyone has issues and so, and, and I don't want to be in sound insensitive but we're always looking for excuses for people I mean everyone has no, no one's life is clear and easy and some are worse than others I understand that but still we just we should just judge people on how they perform in the ring and if there's an excuse we all got excuses and we do and some are worse than others of course but he looks vulnerable around the whiskers and that might be to do with weight making weight or not or or, or not making it correctly or whatever that is or just or just a problem that he that he now has but he I'm, I'm he's a brilliant boxer fantastic beautifully skilled but vulnerable and i'd worry that if Amo williams hits him with one of those swinging shots he don't recover would you lean towards williams in that fight no i would I, but cash can totally outbox him i mean not easily but quite convincingly but again i'm just not sure about his engine and he looks in great condition but that's all that's not always a an indicator about your actual resilience of fitness you know for, for longevity it just means you look great you might be more explosive but i worry about his whiskers and i and i never saw that before until maybe a few fights ago so yeah, I don't know what that is. You had that Medea fight where he was down twice. Uh, yeah, last out in uh, he um yeah, he he looked, did, just didn't look the same. And yeah, again, he was, he, he was cut. And just when he gets hit, you can see him sort of just shook shook mm. back every time he gets hit. It's just it's not a just doesn't seem seem something seems wrong there. Now that's that can sometimes be making the weight wrong. So, you know, it, it just it sometimes slows you down and or affects your resilience, affects your your your, your, your ability to take a shot or see a shot. You're lethargic, all those things. Up next, Campbell Hatton returned. Andy, uh, first round knockout win, Hatton-esque body shot, left shot, a left hook to the body, uh, dispatched of Louis Fielding inside the first round, keeping him nice and busy. Campbell Hatton. It wasn't that far long ago that he that he boxed. I think it was when was he? Three out? weeks Three ago. Three weeks ago. Yeah. So keeping him nice and busy at this stage of his career, but not really too too sure how much we can take from stopping a guy who was stopped at super feather by a super bantam in Jimmy Beach true but having said that his, his previous well. yeah he did do it well in yeah. his previous fight Louis Fielding was a 6-4 uh, loss over 10 for an area title so that gives does give us an indication of, of where of where Hatton might be around and about at the moment and it's the first time I'd seen him at ringside for a while and and he's appreciably better than he was the last time I saw him and that's that's the project with him, isn't it? You know, just get him as many fights as you can, get him boxing as often as possible and, and get him learning because the blaze of publicity when he turned pro, obviously that is a good thing. You know, no one can ever say that it's not a good thing. Um, but then he had that outing on the Joshua Rusick card at Spurs where he definitely lost that fight and he got the decision and he got absolutely hammered by people after that, which isn't really fair because he doesn't control the scorecard. He doesn't control where he is on the bill, and and then the rough comes with the smooth of, of the of the publicity you get for the surname. But I don't think anybody really knows how far he'll he'll go, and I don't think that's a bad place to be where the expectation level is realistic, because that way you really can just take it one step at a time and see what happens. And maybe by the end of the year they'll try and slot him in for an area title challenge or something like that. I think that's that's kind of that's realistic but he's 22 I mean there really is there really is no rush I enjoyed the finish because you know if you're commentating on it like I was you can 
um you could go on about how it was hatton-esque yeah. and all that kind of thing and it's all good fun and and they're good to be around team hatton matthew's really good fun and knows the the, the business inside out and Campbell kind of seems to have looked quite a lot in a short space of time about how 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 the world works. Um, but yeah, who knows? Who knows how good he'll be? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a far cry from the last Joshua undercard that he boxed on, which was, of course, yeah, in front of a pact. It wasn't just that he boxed at five o'clock. He boxed no, in he front was, of yeah, he was in the middle 50, of 60 odd yeah. thousand. Um, whether or not that had any impact on his performance, who knows? But he is getting better <coughs> each and every yeah, hour. Yeah, of course you, he is. Would you agree, he he had the comparison with his dad, so he's having a comparison with Will Level straight away. Yeah, like like every other son who has a famous dad in in the sport, and that's not fair. You know, he's a novice who turned pro too young, I think. You know, with limited amateur experience. Let's be honest, you know, a decent but not enough to really cut the more years and win something more considerable. I would say to everybody, not just him. But you know, and his name's going to push him up and give him more money and all. That's great, but the pressure's too much. I feel for all those kids, it's crazy. But he is improved, and I think putting him lower down the bills is a much better idea. You still got him his name there. He's still getting TV slots, sort of. There he is, but without the added weight of when you're gonna box this fella, or why, when, when are you gonna get to world level, or who, who are you looking at next? Like like every novice prospect, we're just looking. We're not looking at the opponent next. We're looking at what do we need? We're doing three minutes, or we're doing six rounds or eight rounds next. That's what they're looking at not looking at who they're fighting because there is nobody to fight. You're fighting anybody just to get the experience. Treat him like that. I would think that the plan would most likely be to get him back out May 27th. Of course, uh, Mauricio Lara Lee would rematch in Manchester. Yeah, um, yeah of course. So yeah. you would think that that's potential for, for Campbell Hatton. But yeah, I think that there are some improvements. Uh, physically, he looks very strong mm. now. Um, looks like he's uh, growing into, into his... Becoming a man, well, um, yeah, so he's starting to fill out a little bit, yeah, and, you know, and also when you when you just get a little bit older, you 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 understand your body a bit better, so you're slowing down, you know your your strengths and your weaknesses, and a little bit better than you did when you're young. When you're young, you just try too hard, too fast, and he did. He went 100 miles an hour every every second, every round, but without the physical strength or power to make it tell, and with a bunch of pressure on him as well, boxing as kind of oh, chief no, support on these big pay per view cards. Um, okay, up next, the <coughs> Olympic gold medalist, Galau Yafai. I thought was excellent this past weekend, Andy. I felt like he was very smooth. I didn't feel like he rushed his work. Uh, I feel like it, sometimes in, in his pro career so far, he has been loading up a little bit on the shots. I felt like everything was nice and fluid. And I thought it was a really, really good performance against Moises Cayeros. I really enjoyed it. I, I, I liked the opponent for him as well. You mm. know, he's, he's boxed at world level a couple of times, not that long ago against Martinez, and he definitely came to try and win. He definitely came because he believed that it was a winnable fight. It had all been moved forward a week from San Antonio, but they both cope with that, which actually is a bit of an ask at, at that lower weight because, yeah, yeah. you know, for the travelling as well mm -hmm. for Calieros, you know, that was that won't have been easy for him because you can get travel weight and all that kind of stuff. And, and he made it and it was really enjoyable. I didn't see the finish coming exactly when it did come. Mm. Um because I think he'd had a decent round around before that, actually, the Mexican. But Galal, he is a really good fighter. Yeah. Uh, and when I watched him in the amateurs, you could tell that over time, he developed the ability to do it in a number of different ways. But what was really enjoyable about watching it was that they were they were right on top of each other pretty much all of the time. And Galal was kind of chipping away, chipping away, the straight left hand through the middle. Like, say, he wasn't loading up on it. And at one point in, in the corner, Rob McCracken said to him, don't 
throw it as hard, basically. You know, you don't need to, just relax with it. And it was taking more off Calieros than, than I thought, because when the finish came, it was five, six nice clean shots. Nothing looked big. Um, and that was him done. I mean, he stumbled a little bit as he walked forward. I think that was the... It was that fight, wasn't it? It was, yeah. I mean, Eddie Hearn said in the post-fight press conference that um, he's that Eddie believed that it was slightly early, the finish, and uh, he said that the referee had asked him to move forward and Kairos doesn't speak any English, <laughs> so he didn't move forward and then ultimately the fight was stopped. But he got caught with that lovely right hook yeah. on the inside and yeah. then after them, he took probably four or five yeah, shots. Yeah, it was good. It was, it, was, it was good stuff from Galal. And mm -hmm. you'd imagine that if everything keeps going the way it is at the minute, then he may well challenge for a world title in single figures because that's 4-0 now. Well, they have a, a new champion at the weight class as part of the stable now in Sonny Edwards. They um, they've got, you know, amateur history and of course, like the Edwards and Yafai names through through Cal and Charlie. It's, has a, also and it's, been... and it's a crap division as well, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, they, by, by, by Sunday morning, they'll almost certainly, you would imagine, have, a, have another one in that weight division. Mm. Rodriguez with a mm. WBO. So, flyweights, you know, Matt Truman to zone, that's it's the place to be if you're a flyweight. Absolutely. Between sort of light fly and super fly, yeah. um, was one of the points that I put to Sonny Edwards and speaking to him um, after the announcement on Friday is kind of you know, the sort of matchroom has sort of taken the baton from from Tom Loeffler and all the Superfly yeah, days and yeah. kind of really helped make those lower weights sexy again have, and, and really keep the momentum going. Uh, I do think it's going to be a little while before we see Galau Yafai versus Sonny Edwards, but it's not the worst thing in the world for Galau Yafai or indeed Sonny Edwards to kind of have that build in in, in the background, Barry. I think he's a fantastic fighter. He's too easy to hit. Mm. Like I, I really want to be successful. I really like him, but he has the proper Yafai traits both positive and negative. Hit hard with every punch, solid, good pressure, but hittable. And that at that weight, it's a worry. The guys at his weight, who can who can either be so elusive. Actually, with Rodriguez, obviously Bam Bam, he can. Or well, Bam, not Bam Bam. It's Bam Bam because he's so good. Their names and twice. Yes, yeah, right. But it's because he, he he'll move on the on the body so well and you don't know where he is and and as well with sonny edwards he saw i had the hits and and he'll make you fall short so you have to be aggressive but he needs to be a little bit smarter he, he keeps his hands high yeah fine that worked for him obviously that's why he won the olympic medal he blocks everything with the gloves but this no is a pro with the smaller gloves as well and the way the different angles of shots and stuff and the longer rounds is, is more difficult but he's he's a constant pressure on you with every shot being solid and that's hard for people to deal with I but Calieros did find that right hand to the body quite a lot, yeah. didn't he? Because mm -hmm. that was one thing I commented on was that he does hold those hands high and that, I mean, that could be, if you give the body away like that too much, that could be a problem, couldn't well, it? Certainly get something like Bam, who will, who will, if he gets close to you, he moves around the target, takes that big massive step, or, or sometimes Bam goes, Bam, he goes that way, Bam. He goes that way and then that way. And then he gets on the side and then you've got that middle massive, it's just too inviting not to, not to aim for. That, that might be a problem for him, but... All you can do is get him ready for that. The problem is, it, he started off on 10 rounders. Mm. There's nowhere for him to go now, but up. Yeah, I mean, that's it why... It sounds like, a, why is that a bad thing? But you get there too soon. Yeah, it's about having those those development fights. And of course, he only has Robin He's Packen had them, though, to be fair, mind. In, in mm. the amateurs, he's had all of those. I mean, he started on 10 rounders. His, his first opponent, I don't think, was a 10-round opponent, but he boxed no. him over 10 rounds. Um, he, one had good, he had a good ad fight in Abu Dhabi, though. Yes, he did. Yeah, and yeah, I think, I think decision. And that was, yeah, I think he won though, I do, yeah, to be yeah. fair. But I think it was, that's a, that's a really hard fight where he thinks that people don't crumble. Yeah. And also people, and, and I'm surprised he won defensively, defensively a little bit better in this fight because he got tagged a few times there and, and he felt it. And I thought maybe, you know, that might be, you know, I need to tidy up a bit here.
Hmm. I felt like um, I felt like he moved around the target more this past weekend than we've seen him in the past. Yeah. One of the one of the um, I would say criticisms. We both said, "Oh, how great he boxed!" And now we're talking about the things that he didn't do and that he needs to do. Um, it's because we're viewing him and I'm viewing yeah, him now. We're viewing him. We're, we're viewing him as an Olympic gold medalist and potential we're, we're, future no, world champion. Yeah, and like anyone, you view him for where you think they're going to go, yeah. where, or where they certainly where they are going to be next, or yeah. who they're going to box next. So you don't view him for this. Cause this is a fight he was always going to win yeah. if he's going to be any good. Some of the things that I'd noticed in the past was the pushing on the inside. He does push quite a lot. I'd like to see him in with somebody where, I mean, he kind of did it at the weekend where he was, what you've said there, he wasn't, um, you know, they were kind of close to each other. He wasn't really holding, wasn't doing as much pushing as we've seen in the past. Just somebody who's going to, I guess, give him the the opportunity to box on the inside and develop his inside boxing. Yeah. I, I'm not sure whether he has it, to be fair. Mm. Really, you know, he worked the body well and stuff, but I'm not sure how good, how effective he will be in close. I think he's got his view now, got to be how he's going to box against this guy and that guy. Pushing against someone like uh, Sidney Edwards is not going to work. You just literally, you're just going to literally push something that's already moving away from you, mm. and your hand's going to be able to get hit. Other guys are going to sort of like force him to push back. He's so physically strong, yeah, fight that he mm. thinks he's stronger than everyone, which he might be. He's learning the trade. He's learning, but he's, learning, he's, but he's on a steep learning curve. And they're going to want to, I don't know, what, what one month we are now, I forget. We're on uh, April uh, now. April now. So, you know, I reckon by the end of the year, they're going to want a world title fight. He's, uh, so I think, Definitely. The, I think the plan for Yafai is you've got uh, Tommy Frank versus Jay Harris for the British. Um, yeah, good fight there. For the British flyweight title. That's on May the 13th. Um, so looking at the potential winner for that for his next fight so already a British champion after f- uh, British champion British title challenger uh, don't count your chickens um, you'd, in fancy, his fifth fight. you'd fancy him as well to be fair yeah I think no Jay Harris is on, on his on his day Tommy Frank is a good fighter but Jay Harris on his day can be brilliant mm. when he won the European title he was fantastic yeah and he was great in a losing effort against Martinez as well he, he was. boxed really really well that he night he was but I'm not sure how much that's taken out of him mm. to be fair he was stopped by Sandoval to the body yeah. and he didn't try to go down a weight Recently. Yeah, he did box a light fly, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's why I, I, I sort of play that. Yeah, they'll be a good fight for Yaf, I think. A, a fight I like for him is is somebody he he lost to a couple of times in WSB. Um, Samuel Carmona. Yeah, we spoke. He boxed about Martinez for the WBC and lost, so he's eight and one now. Uh, Tom was sitting in front of us. Uh, true matchmaker Tom Dallas, and uh, uh, I don't think he'll mind me saying that he he his comment on that one I put it to him was that you know that's that's maybe a little a little bit too tough a fight for right now which is fair comment but but I think that's a, a good one to make soon because there's that little bit of history between them I th- I'm sure Glau would be keen for that reason uh, and I think that kind of thing that bit of spice I think it helps like not not to sell the fight just adds a bit something only people yeah. like us know about that stuff but if for Galau like yes. that's that's a good thing isn't it it's like okay yeah, it here's some I'm sure he beat him in other you know times during amateurs but I just looked at the record and I thought oh yeah I remember that guy uh, and he's good he's a good fighter I was happy that he was at home though not going to San Antonio not going away it's great so to, was he, my so no, was he. No, but it's great yeah. to, it's great to spread him around but he like Let's build a base here for him. Yeah, yeah, totally, to, totally agree with that. Build a base here for him because he, he he's an Olympic gold medalist and and he's not getting the, really the the recognition that he that he rightly deserves. I agree. The other side to that is, of course, Bam Rodriguez headlines that card w, uh, for WBO uh, flyweight title. He's going to be one of the superstars of the weight class. But obviously, I, I, yeah. I understand the point as well. But there is sort of a little bit of I guess the method to the madness. If you can make, side. yeah, if you can make your hometown some kind of a fortress, then that's great, isn't it? Because 
everybody knows the AFIs in Birmingham in Birmingham boxing and no one puts the, shows on in Birmingham with the wider the wide sky the wider sporting public in Birmingham will, will also know him because he's an Olympic gold medalist and and it's just it's still I mean it's in this kind of global age that we seem to be in it, it seems quite old school to kind of concentrate on selling out your local arena but but it's just such a great thing to do if you can do it because mm. create an environment of visiting fighters once you get a title don't really want to come well, you, to you build from inside out don't you that's yeah, what you that's should it. be doing absolutely I think. So when i was a promoter hang on a minute <laughs> <laughs> Uh, before we move on, I have mentioned his name there, the IBF flyweight champion of the world. Sonny Edwards unveiled in um, superstar fashion at the Anthony Joshua <laughs> Jermaine Franklin uh, weigh-in. Um, Barry, no, you're a big fan of Sonny Edwards. I think he covered yeah. the, the vast majority of his career. Yeah. Um, he's, I did his coming old party against Farag. Ryan Farag, yeah, yeah great really performance. He boxed absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I, I, met, I watched him then and I thought, I'm not sure, I didn't think I said it, but I thought, oh, this kid's going to be a world champion. He just beautiful to watch I mean oh, when he's on oh, he's not a, he's not for the layman no, he, no he's not he's never he's very very good he gets stoppages for sure but I, he's never going to be one punch knockout artist so he's not going to sell to the wider audience never unfortunately but if you love like we do he's like some of the movements he makes it's just sublime just just poetry really is in a different way to others like but and he's in a weight wrong where some of my favourite fighters are as well so it's I almost wanted to see him box some of those guys and don't because who do I root for? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Who do, yeah. I, who do I root for? The people that he's like, he's one of my favorites in, in the UK, and it's others who are my favorites of all time. And, and it's like, ooh, I love to see it, and I don't want to see it. But him and him and Yafai would be a great fight to build, wouldn't it? To there's, be honest, there's lots of potentials there for him. I kind of spoke to him on that Friday, and he he kind of listed a who's who from Light Fly, Light Fly right up the way to well, I guess his brother at Bantamweight, oh, <laughs> but the so super I, flyweight. I, I don't want to see that him and his no, brother. I don't, that's a I don't think that's going to happen. Of course not, because there's no money in it. No. That ultimately, no, nah, not real, not real nah. money. I mean, there's money, but not real money. I, I don't because they're not. They, it's not. They're too small. There's not real massive money for that. I mean, might it be good? There might be more than they've ever earned. But how much do you want for that? I don't. How is that? How can that be a repairable situation? And again, boxing, no, never being in the gutter ever, ever. That doesn't help. Just the toilet. No, that, no, that doesn't help. I don't think that helps it. They might want to fight each other. And the dad apparently was interested in all the rest of it, and they all be the shake hands after. What if something goes wrong? Yeah, yeah. Like I can any fight. Exactly, exactly. You, you like, killed your brother. Then put your brother in a wheelchair it. or something. Like, well, you, and whenever much you, it's only a sport you haven't done on purpose. Hmm. There's no coming back from no, that. No, you'd never recover from that. It's too much of a risk. Too much of a risk. It's a silly risk. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. It's sports it's, a risk in itself, but like you, you fight your own family. What, what's going on? No, and on? I don't think people want to see that. No, if my mother wants to fight, <laughs> I don't think people want to watch two brothers fight <laughs> each other either. I don't think they do. I don't think the appetite's there for it. We all have a bit of bad blood and a feud and all that kind of stuff, like family versus family, Benz versus Eubanks, whatever it might be. But I genuinely don't think. That the appetite is there to watch two brothers what fight. What they should do though, they should have they should have big punches fight each other, and flick a coin, and they get to choose which punch they can use only. So if I'm a left hook, you only could, you can use your right. You only got a big right hand. I go, I'm a left hook. I use the left hook, and then that's the only punch you can throw. Is this Barry Jones promotion? We'll just make things up. No, <laughs> we do what we want. Can we do what we want? Can we? That's what. That, that, no, that, no, I mean, where does it end? Though? Yeah, yeah. No, but of that, course. And I think it's not a rabbit hole. Maybe we can come back from. I think it was all very much tongue in cheek. Certainly from Sonny's side um, um, on Friday. Um, but listen, Sonny Edwards, 
is brilliant to watch. Yafai is not quite ready for him yet. Yeah, of course. I, I would say. There's, no, and there's agreed, a lot of there's a, there's a lot of options for Sonny Edwards that don't involve Galawi fight, who's four and and his brother. Let's uh, see the Martinez fight. The, there's the Martinez the one, fight. Right? There's the Bam Rodriguez fight. I mean, they're all in house fights. Ken Shiro's just unified down at Lightfly yeah. as well. There's still the big fights up at Super Flyweight. Somebody I spoke to uh, Sonny and sort of said, you know, out of the the big names, who would you want? And he said, well. Juan Francisco Estrada's still knocking about. You know, Superfly, he's a bona fide legend of the sport. I mean, Chocolatito is, of course, the bigger name, and, you know, you'd, you'd probably pick him. But as far as somebody who's kind of still the number one in the division up at Superflyweight, Edwards has his, his kind of his pick of several options down at Flyweight. Nakatani is now, of course, moved up, yeah. um, which I think is probably the hardest fight for him. Stylistically, yeah. yeah maybe, big, maybe. long catch on the end of the shots. Um, but the world is his oyster, Andy. Um, after a, you know, a. He's been quite active, but we've not seen as much of him as we'd like to with with him, but with him being with Probellum. But now he has the opportunity in the fights to match. Yeah, yeah, he's in a really good position. Um, I saw him, I've seen him quite a lot the last the last two or three years, and I did his fight in Dubai last March and was around him quite a lot that week. He, and he boxed well there as well. He boxed he? really well, and then he boxed really well later in the year against Alvarado, who was a good, good tough fight. guy. Really good you know, that was a, that was a that was a proper fight and and he showed that he can do whatever it is that you really need to do we know how he goes about it but if he needs to dig in and wear a few because it's going to happen then then he can do it and i think with him it if i was to give him any kind of advice and what i do like about him is that he is who he is he's authentic you know that you cannot you cannot argue that he's not but he did a brilliant job of raising his profile um, through social media and everything else to kind of, and that wasn't what got him the opportunity, but it would have helped, you know, a bit of personality never goes amiss. Now he's at that world level where he's always felt that he should be. Just relax a little bit. We had this conversation. Yeah. Him. We were after, after, by the way, we bit. saw him because he's, yeah. he was in the corner of Jordan Flynn. Wasn't yeah, he? exactly. Just, you know, you, you still say what you want to say, still be who you are, but... Um, I don't know. I think maybe he gets a bit of a buzz off kind of trading with people on social media. I think he definitely. I think does. he enjoys yeah. it. It's a way to. I think it's a way to pass the time because there is a lot of time to pass when you. He doesn't take things personal. That's no. why. That's why he beats everyone on Twitter. He doesn't. He, or he doesn't look like he might at home. But I mean, you, you argue with Twitter. Someone says something, and you're like, "If I ever saw you in the street, I." I tell you Pretty what, how, uh, yeah. how I feel when Barry Jones pops up in my notifications. That's <laughs> <laughs> because honesty hurts. That's why. But um, yeah, but so I don't think he, it bothers him. So people can't beat him. That's no, no, it doesn't bother him absolutely. He he he, he, he feels he, he can dance around them on on Twitter like he like he can when he's when he's boxing. But you, when your profile goes up that bit, you are only ever. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can, you can. It's, mistakes can be made and and all that kind of thing. So it, that that would be the only advice I would have for him. He knows his own mind. Would just be, you know, maybe just see if you can find another hobby. If you have nothing nice to say, say nothing at all. Yeah, you never hear from him. <laughs> or me as a matter of fact <laughs> that'd be nice anyway moving on Fabio Wardley against Michael Polite Coffee um, didn't really hear an awful lot of that was very polite to not announce his full name but anyway Fabio Wardley with a fourth round stoppage win Barry um, we're going to start at the end and work our way back I felt like that was an early stoppage from the referee what did you think yeah a, a little bit but also you've got to fire back he was riding the shots to be fair as well but 
No, if 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 what was it like seven, eight, nine some punches? I think, possibly? It was a lot. I think it was more than that. Yeah. yeah. No, but I mean clean punches that landed, and so well, clean. Yeah. But um, you got to fire back. I just don't see why. You no, know, like why you think you don't? You shouldn't have to fire back unless you're making a miss by miles. Then fair enough. But he wasn't doing that, so I understand why he was stopped. But he wasn't hurt. That's what I would say. He wasn't hurt. And he could have continued. So yeah. But overall, I, I think it was a decent performance from 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 uh, Fabio. I think you know, he struggled a little bit with the, with that side defence, and maybe it was a little bit predictable throwing that right hand. And and you know, but he'll learn from it. He's, you know, we keep saying this for everyone now; they're learning on the job. Who cares? But he sort of is because you've you can you got no grounding to come from. Mm. So about that taking a step to the side, opening up the body a little bit more. So he needed to throw a jab, left hook, and move him and turn him around for the right hand. Then he gets a then he gets a finish. But I like him. He's you no know, he's committed. He's not afraid to put himself in the line of a shot, to land a shot. And for a heavyweight you sort of want that and you need that that element of a risk to get you over the line, I think. Just on the um the firing back stuff, so my kind of the way I certainly that example of it was I didn't think Coffee was hurt. I mean he took a good shot in the fir- the first shot, the overhand right. But if he opens himself up to like throw back because the referee might stop it despite not being hurt, does that not just increase the risk of him taking a clean shot or him being actually knocked out? No, it does. I understand that. But if if you're on the ropes and doing a Sunny Edwards making a miss, because I didn't see, I didn't think a lot landed clean. No, but enough to landed. So like he sees the first shot. Remember the referee's this close, so he sees, yeah. he'll see. Oh, I don't, I'm not saying he wasn't early, but he catches him with the first shot, which which is a good shot. Then everything else, then the referee has that first thing on his mind. Well, that's a good shot. He's under pressure. The whole thing then is is a, is, is viewed quite dif- differently. Mm. So it's not an isolated incident. What's happened just before that as well? Maybe no, nothing actually, but no, it, yeah, it, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. no, no. I mean that all those things are into play. But the fact that, and then if you're not firing back, and you might look like you're, you you're under pressure a bit, then he's going, oh, he panics. The referee can say, oh, do I do the right thing here? Because the next shot's going to put him to sleep. And there's an argument to say, well, let him throw that next shot, and then put him to sleep. But so it's that sort of thing. I thought it was a little bit early. I just I'm like arguing with myself here. But but I still understand. I I didn't. I understood why he stepped in. You got to fire back or hold to do something. You have to do something. You can't just sit on the ropes taking punches and not expect to get stopped, whether they're heavy or not. They're gonna. They're gonna. I don't. And he'll know that. He'll know that. So I don't know why he didn't throw. Andy. Yeah, at the time when 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 I was commentating on it, I thought it was I thought it was too early, and I still think it probably was. But when I watched some replays, I could see that actually he did get caught with a bit more than I thought he had. Watching it with the naked eye, it was kind of it wasn't far far side of the ring, but you know what it's like when you're watching it ringside. I oh, couldn't, yeah, I couldn't, by you, he's on the side. Yeah, I couldn't get with. a really clear view of what had landed, but it looked to me like he was doing quite a good job of avoiding most of it. And I think he did avoid most of it, but a decent amount got through. And it just is the law, isn't it, really, whether we totally agree with it or not, that you need to be throwing back or you give the referee a chance to well, Protect stop yourself it. at all times. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I, I do, I, but, but I do agree with you as well in that... Um, like you, I'm arguing with myself. Just because you're not throwing punches, it doesn't make you defenseless. Mm. It just doesn't. You know, defense is not all about throwing. Welcome it's not to, about throwing punches. punches. <laughs> <laughs> but he was, he, yeah. I, but when I saw the replays, he did get caught with more than I originally thought. So at the time, I said, "Oh, that's premature." You know, straight away said that's premature, and I wasn't outraged by it. I just thought that to me. I thought it was quite obviously an early stoppage. And then when I saw some replays back, I thought, 
yeah, I still think he could have let it go on a bit longer, but I could see I could see more why he did it. I think um <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing because you said premature. And I, just, I was going to say, don't bring your sex life into it. <laughs> I, I thought it was really funny and I, get, I couldn't keep it in. I keep and then it you were in. glad you hadn't said it and now you've but said no, it anyway. Said it, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I think part of the reason why, certainly I felt, I, I still feel it was an early stoppage. Um, Eddie Hearn again and Fabio Wardley both said that they, they kind of felt it maybe could have gone on a little bit longer. But again, sort of similar to you guys. Yeah, see why. didn't help himself, did he? But I think one of the reasons why it became probably a bigger point than if it, you know, if Wardley had won every single second of the fight up to that point was the fact that Coffey was giving him things to think yeah, about. He landed some yeah. good left hooks to the body. He was switching. He was, you know, making Wardley think. And yeah. kind of, despite it being on two weeks notice or however it, it was. I was liking the fight. I really I enjoyed the fight. Yeah, and I think that's why. That, that Yeah, that's a good point. That that definitely played into it. I was kind of like, ah, oh, because it was, it was good to watch. And he got that style where when he boxed Southpaw, particularly Coffey, he pulled his weight all the way onto the back foot. So he's got that front foot right on top of yours. It makes you feel like he's close. And he was just getting Wardley thinking, right, I want you to really extend with that right hand because I'm not as close as you think I am. And then I'm going to try and fire back. He was, he was well, that, that shoulder turn, it yeah. disguises his shot mm. as well. So if you, mm. if, if you overreach and you can... That's what he was looking for. That's yeah. what, and, and he was really posing him some problems. And Fabio is, yeah, I'm a fan because he... he Courageous. Yeah, he is. He yeah. is. He absolutely is. And we'll see how far he goes. Again, you know, when you came from the background that he's come from, you really do take it step by step. And I always go on about this with like people like, you know, Warrington and, and Billum Smith and Aziz now, guys who really have done it step by step because people didn't really expect them to do a lot. Um, so they weren't shouting about, oh, I'm going to be a world champion in three years, four months and seven days. They're, they're just, no one's really asking them. So they're mm. just getting on with it. And Fabio's just like, yeah, English title. Okay, yeah, fine. British champion. Couldn't get a British title fight for this card, which would have been frustrating. But we got big Fraser Clark over to do a bit, bit, of, bit of stuff with us during the fight. And, you know, that's a fight that everybody seems to want to see. Yeah, but, and he would happily do it, Fabio yeah, yeah. Wardley. He would I, uh, happily do it. So uh, Fraser was, was working and uh, sort of called out to him after the fight. Fraser, what did you think of the stoppage? And he went... <laughs> about what he would do to Fabio Wardley uh, which I thought was good and those two are great as well because they both get it and they both can sell yeah, it we had, again we had this conversation yeah, where it's really you could headline a Saturday night really, fight and that would be really good then build it well the yeah. week would have just the right amount of spots live on the zone Wow. I'm joking. He's fight by fight, isn't he, Fab? That could end up in a lot of places, couldn't it? Well, I think he's fight by fight. Well, a so. fight like that, you've got to go with the money is, haven't you? Yeah. Whatever that money is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and well, I mean, if they mandated him, it, it literally would go to a purse bit. He's, yeah. he's got the bullseye on his on his back at the minute, hasn't he? Yeah. So David Adelaide turned up at the press yeah, conference. Yeah, Fabio that's brilliant, won. though. You yeah. love that, all you of that. that. Yeah, exactly. God, I think I said to David Adelaide about it, I said it was good. I was like, because, yeah. you know, as much as boxing and the world has, has kind of changed over the last few years and things are a little bit more kind of sometimes boxers will come out and talk like footballers now and it's like well you know just have to speak to the team and we'll go back and review and you just, say, just do something say just something, do something. like David Adelaide turning up there was no yeah. malice towards it it was a bit no. it made some headlines and that's how you create interest that's in it, but it's, old, it's old school turn yeah. up at a press conference and walk, walk up to someone and get in their face yeah. to be fair, I love I, all of that because David Adelaide wasn't even in my thought process now he is yeah. There you go. Exactly. Yeah, and that's good. Yeah, and, yeah, and there was no, it was not over the top. There was nothing no. there that was kind of, the, no. nobody overstepped any lines. It was very much like, I know you've got to fight this Saturday, best of luck, yeah. but let's do it next. And like, that's great. Yeah. I really, really like that. Um, one, of the, one of the things, I spoke to Fabio Wardley the, the next day 
And I said that again, kind of in keeping with the fact that I felt like Michael Coffey was giving him some some things to think about and he was having to work them out, was uh, wanting to see how he looked if Michael Coffey survived that onslaught of yeah. 20, 25 punches. I said, I wanted to see what your gas tank was like. And he said, empty, which were, which would have yeah. been interesting to see. Well, certainly, and I was thinking, I was thinking just then, thinking about two rounds later, what, mm. what would he be like? And because and, he needs that in a fight where someone's fighting back and he's yeah. trying to get out of there and he's missing. Because missing is, I tell all the time, missing only, for tiredness is only superseded by taking yeah, punches. Because yeah. when you miss, you, it's just, it's the mental satisfaction, you don't get that mental satisfaction at that of, of hitting and you don't, and also you have to pull all the way back. You have to reach over, reach, it takes your body all the way over and especially when you fully commit to a shot and you've got to pull all the way back and for those bigger guys, it's magnetized, magnified. So yeah, missing can, and he missed plenty of shots. Sort of like another Fabio Wardley fight. We were like, "Well, this might be interesting." Oh, it's over. Like, it was another. Yeah. It was another kind of strange finish in wasn't a very it? different way. Yeah, to, exactly. To the they had a lot. But also, he might. He might have got. He might have and yeah. He might have landed with four more shots and coffee with have fallen over. We just yeah, we will never yeah, that, that could definitely have happened. We'll we will never know. Right on to the main event. Uh, I'm sorry. I sat next. To, I sat with Carl Frotch and he went. He's good like that, for the referee. Yeah, yeah. 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 he's good like that. He was, <laughs> as I was, as I was describing it on there, he turned around and just said to me, "Just just mouth at me, Howard Foster, top referee." <laughs> right. But anyway, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not slating Howard. I could, no, like I say, it was, it was at referee. the time I thought, oh god, that's way too soon. And then when I when I saw the replays and saw what he saw, I, I could understand a lot more why he did it. I could understand it, but I don't agree with it. But anyway, moving on. Anthony Joshua made his long-awaited return on UK soil against Jermaine Franklin. Barry, going to come to you first. Thoughts? I think he boxed well. But there it <laughs> is. With no, quest no, no questions that were answered for me again. That's the worry. So we're, we're looking at him with a view to what he's, where he's going to go and... I still don't know because he still has that issue of not wanting to commit to his attacks. There was opportunity, he used the jab really well, he boxed quite well, he keeps his shape, all that stuff he does good, but he won't commit. He won't take that step forward with the jab and there's still a reluctance to put himself in that fire line and, and he won't, I, I, you know, we, I, I, we always go back to he won't be the Josh that we, that we used to have. I, don't, I think that, that, that ship sailed though. That's gone. We don't never see that again. We might see a better one or a different. We're going to see a different version of Joshua, but I can't see oh it's any better. Unfortunately, see, he's where they're getting hit because he knows what it's like now. And he knows what it's like when he doesn't when he doesn't know what's going on, and that's a horrible thought of the place to be. And he so he lacks confidence in his ability to get to you before you get to him. And at that way, I understand it, but he he has to do it. There's a moment when you when you commit to a shot where you're blind, sort of. Once you commit, when when you, if you follow through with your punches, once you throw it, once you commit, there's no going back. You've got to throw it. You're done. So if somebody comes back quicker than you, you're done, done. You know what I mean? That, and that's why they say they say punches can't take a punch. It's not that. It's they're in the, they they commit themselves, so they're in the they're in the line to get hit themselves first. So who lands first, no get gets the worst of it, and. You have to do that. And there's ways to help that by double jabbing or getting a real big step with the jab. And for the heavyweight, a solid left hand knocks the guy off balance. If he throws his shot, he either loses power or he misses because he leaned, he's been pushed back like this rather than like that. So there's things to, to negate that as best you can. But ultimately, 
he has to be he has to believe in himself and be true to himself think i know i can hurt you but so many times with that right hand he landed with a few good shots a few good right hands some good uppercuts but there was no follow-through with the shots but before if he landed with a good uppercut he, he would he wouldn't panic and throw like he did a little bit not panic he threw a few wild shots and missed with some follow-up attacks he would be aware of what, what, where his target was he would zone in on it now he's not zoned in anymore he's thinking about the wider picture which seems like the most sensible thing to do but for him there's too many thoughts in his head i just i can say that shouldn't i there's too much thought there's too many thoughts in his head and he don't doesn't need them he needs to take them all out i don't know how he does that he's at the one thought only hands high elbows in solid jab solid right hand and forget about the rest that's all he needs to focus on to make him a better fighter to make him a more destructive fighter closer to what he was and, he, and he's he's still not there yet whether he gets there i don't know andy same question to you general one thoughts it's pretty much exactly what Barry's just said. Without the bollocks. It, it, but it is. It is. It's, it's really, for me, it's really, it's really simple. And it's a really easy thing for me to say sitting here. But until he's able to flick that switch, and as Barry said, really commit and gamble, because it is a gamble. And when we talk about rolling the dice, I'm not talking about running into the middle of the ring wildly swinging and screaming it's it's not that you've got to be controlled but you have to you have to commit um, and that is a risk at heavyweight you know you do risk getting knocked out if you're going to try and take somebody else out but until he does that he cannot beat any of those top guys no way just no way he could get through against someone like Franklin being risk averse he might be able to beat Dillian White adopting that same approach but equally he might not Dillian White might just jump on him think I'll train for a six round fight jump on him and things could get really really interesting but people talk about the changes in Joshua and sometimes I'll go back to the Klitschko fight but for me it will always be Ruiz because what happened to him that night takes a lot of coming back from and since then we haven't really seen the answer to has he still got it in him to flick that switch or not because he's managed to avoid the issue. In the rematch, he boxed in a way that got him the win, and I give him a lot of credit for that because he was under massive pressure, but we know how he boxed against against Ruiz. It was it was risk-averse. He didn't roll that dice. Against Pulev, he was, he was more aggressive, but at the same time, he was quite careful, and it was a mandatory, so he had no, no choice but to do it, but Pulev by that point was pretty old and no longer a top guy. You know, that's just, that's just a fact. Against Usyk in the first fight, he avoided the issue by deciding to try and box the boxer, which was never going to work. In the second fight, he did get on the front foot more and commit more, but still not really quite enough. But fair enough, he's in with a really, really top guy. And against Franklin, again, you know, he didn't, he didn't want to, he didn't want to go there. And that's why I feel that he may as well just fight Tyson Fury now because if it is still in there to do it in that white heat of a fight against Fury he will know that he's got to do it it's now or never if I don't do it if I, if I can't do it then you know at least you go out with a massive payday and that's probably that if he can do it and gives a really good account of himself win lose or draw and show that he can compete at that level still then he can continue but it's 
It's as simple as that for me. And people can talk about new trainer and all the rest of it. Derek James is a top trainer. We all know that. Mm. But he can't do that for him. It's, it's the brutality of the sport, really. Is no, no one can help him with this. Nobody. Either he can do it, either he can find it to do it, or he can't. And I bet there have been stages, maybe in that second Usyk fight, where he's kind of telling himself, tonight's the night, I'm going to do it, I've got to do it, flick that switch, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. And then he just doesn't quite do it. And my worry about a Dillian White fight would be, he would say to himself, yeah, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. But I can probably, do I really need to do it? And then he won't do it. And he might lose. I think and the then good, that Fury fight disappears. I think the thing for me with the Dillian White fight, which is one of the reasons why I felt that it wouldn't have been the worst idea for him to box Dillian White instead of Jermaine Franklin, is because they hate each other. And I don't use that word lightly. They really, that really white, don't like each other. There's that white heat that might yeah. bring it out. Yeah. And, but in the same way as you say about Tyson Fury, I believe the same thing about the Dillian White fight, with the difference being the Dillian White fight is a, is an easier task for Anthony Joshua significantly at this stage of and both. he might feel like yeah. he can win just doing what he was doing I on think Saturday. so but I do I mean we saw in the first fight whereby he kind of referred to it as a road a roadman fight and in the second round the second round he kind of lost everything that's when it, that's the first time we really see him get hurt as a pro at least yeah. Um, and I feel like that might just come back out of him. And okay, well, he probably doesn't want to go in there and get caught by the left hook again, but he needs that kind of, that, that fire. We should have prefaced the, the start of this. So Anthony Joshua is actually a big fan of the ID Boxing uh, podcast. So hi, Anthony. I'm sure he'll be watching he um, wherever he, he is. fucking brilliant. There we go. Um, I said he boxed. I said he boxed. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, he actually mentioned to you, didn't he, in the build-up? Yeah, he, he said, oh, you did a good interview the other day. And I, 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 wasn't, but the only one I've done was this one. Um, and it just, I, you know, we, we're all fans because of what he's achieved. We yeah. all are. And if it, isn't, fucking attitude. No, I mean, if, it isn't, if it isn't in there, if it isn't in there still to do it, to flick that Brilliant. switch, if it's not there, then it's not there. You know, that's, that's how it goes sometimes. But that, it, it, it just is as simple as that mm. for me, as simple as that. And, and Barry was saying about committing and, that, and that's exactly it. Because on Saturday, throw that right hand but he was almost, I didn't say it on commentary because I felt it would have just, could have been construed as just a bit too disrespectful. It was almost like watching a slightly amateur approach where I'm going to throw that right hand, I'm going to extend, but you're kind of half pulling off it as you're throwing it because you want to get your hands up and get your feet back. You're thinking about the next movement before you yeah. throw the shot. That's that's just, I know that because that's what I did. So I know, I know exactly. I'm thinking about what I'm going to do next so you don't commit to me. I, but the thing, I would say this, everyone say, we're all saying the same thing. So you can imagine people who actually train fighters, not like us, are telling him the same thing as well. So you can imagine in the gym, he's doing that. Yeah. On the bag, on the pads, probably in sparring as well. But what happens on a fight, on a, when, when you're in a pressure cooker of a fight situation is ultimately you've got to think for yourself. So quite often you'll go back to your natural state. And his natural state has changed over time and his natural state now is to protect himself. Yeah at all costs like mine was but it never used to be that way it was always be it was always not taking any silly risks but it was also when I get hit oh, I got to hit oh, I'm gonna, well this is it we're on now I'm going to get you devil in his work yes yeah. Well, yeah and that that's changed now slightly mm. so how do you get that rid of that so it's and, and what it is about I say about boxers being you know biggest liars on the planet because you lie about your weight how much you're getting paid and all the rest of it but you have to lie to yourself to, to get in the ring so you have to lie to yourself that your natural thought process is to be that, even if it's not. You almost have to kid yourself. And so 
but a trainer has to, has to drill that into you so it becomes sort of a muscle memory type thing for your brain where you just think what he's telling you because your, your trainer will tell you something and you'll think oh, yeah brilliant no I'll do it I'll do it I'll do it I'll do it, I'll do it. And the bell goes you go oh, fuck do that and you do what you want to do because you, you're yeah. the one taking the punches ultimately mm. he has to do that the fight that will force him to do that is the Dillian White fight yeah. for all the reasons you said but forget about the beef just stylistically because he the good thing about that fight is he, when Dillian throws one he throws ten no. you know, he just commits to every shot he throws but he also throws wide punches very very straight shot he throws the jab but that flicks on and then he swings his punches in so there's a gap down the middle and because Joshua punches straight and direct with everything he does he's always neat with his work to be fair to him that's what's made him such a good heavyweight he, if he doesn't commit there's a gap for him to go for but also he, he'll know if, if I don't commit I'm on the end of these shots. I'm going to get hurt. There's no way I'll, I'll either get either commit or I get beat. Not like Franklin. I don't. I'll commit. No, I'll have commit because I got to be aware and I'll just make sure because he's a tough guy and I and I'll make sure I'll only commit when he's on his way out. That's what he was looking for. He hit with a few good shots. He didn't really make a massive effect, but he would have if he would have kept on. That's the truth of it. But with Dillian, he knows he can hurt Dillian especially this Dillian now can yeah. be hurt. And certainly, there's a gap there and the fear that Dillian can hurt you. And didn't hurt you. He won't stop throwing punches. He's that committed. So that'll force him to do that, or not. And then we'll know exactly where he is. That's where that fight should have been now, because that would have forced him to do the right thing, or he does the wrong thing. And we know, and we know where his future lies. Hundred percent. We know where his future go, where he goes, where his aspirations are. Well, forget his aspirations. Where he could physically take himself. And I think that that will force. And once you're forced to do that, then you've got that tick in your mental box. Like I know I can do it now. I'm back. I can do it because no, he doesn't know. No, he doesn't. That's the thing. Like I say, he's been avoiding the issue. That's, that's someone else's memory. He, that is not yeah. what he used to do. Yeah, he's been avoiding the issue. Yeah. And I, my my worry is that that the Dillian White fight might not force it out of him. But then, if that's what happens, that what that's what happens, and that's an answer in itself, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, it's it's a really, really, really hard place to be. Where you know that's that's your choice you've got to be willing to risk it all and at heavyweight you are risking it all you're risking your health you're risking everything you're risking a humiliating defeat getting knocked out in front of millions of people i mean it's 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 but, such an like i said it's such an easy thing to say but but he's been in but he's in that he's been that in a, i don't think we can use that excuse anymore because he's been in that environment yeah, for longer now than he hasn't been almost in his life. I know, let's be honest. I know. So, so that's his life. That's just his yeah. normal life now. Unfortunately, the pressures are immense. We couldn't cope with it. None of us, even me. I've boxed. I couldn't cope with that pressure. Like this, I've never had. No one's had pressure like that. I mean, very few fighters in history's had pressure that he's had. And each fight has brought a different type of pressure to it as well. This was a different type of pressure. Okay, it's a non-title fight, but it's the big zone. It's the big zone yeah. UK. Well, There's not, a pact on two. It's the level. If you lose this level, you, like, yeah, 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 you're and down as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that, that's the worst. That's the worst part. You know, I've boxed a fight in between winning a world title, and I'm like, if I can lose this, because then I, my aspirations are getting to the world level again. Are, are laughable. You know what I mean? Which would have done me a favour, actually, wouldn't it? <laughs> but either way, you know, it is the really, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a weird pressure. You're like you think you brought them out there, but it's not. They're coming to fight to win. Franklin came to win, sort of. He didn't do enough, like enough that he for this was his big shock of glory. And he didn't let his hands go enough. I don't feel. But then I think he would have got knocked out if he would have. But unless Joshua wouldn't commit, and then we go back to the same fucking point. Yeah, but when, when, we, when we're talking about all these things, really, it's, it's like you say, it's not that you don't want to criticise because that's ultimately the job is to analyse what's, you know, 
strengths, weaknesses, all that kind of thing. But it, you're always trying to empathise. You're always trying, as much as you ever can, kind of understand where they are in their headspace. And that's that's where he that's where he is. Yeah. He's got to the point now. This is it is it is it is shit or bust. He's got to show us whether he can do it or not. And if he can't do it, then it's time to go. It's time to go. And I know that's a really hard thing to accept for any athlete, but particularly a fighter. But all I know is from watching that at the weekend is that if he if he does that against Fury or Wilder, they will flatten him. One of the um one of the, the tweets that Don't you think? Or Joyce. Yeah. Or Joyce, um, yeah, Joyce jo- as well. I think maybe. Like, or, or, or Ruiz again. Yeah. I think the way he boxed then, I think I think you have trouble. <laughs> Technically there's a few little tweaks. That's all it is. But it's not technical with it's him. It's not. No. It's mental. It's mental. And, and that makes it even harder, doesn't it, in a which sense? Which is weird but... because all the, all the shit he's gone through, you know, from the pressure he's had, and that's all, that's all mental adjustment to the comeback from the defeat, which, you know, he's come out from defeat, yeah. mind. And then, he, and then he got beat one guy, boxing a rematch clause, I know, because I love those. But he'd still box him again, though. He could have swerved that. Yeah. You know, so you know, and 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 I know it's big money and all that, but he's he's already a multi-millionaire anyway. So you know, you can you take one cheaper fight for five million and box for fifteen million again. You know, but so you know, but he's still all the pressure he's had. But there's a mental, there's a mental block there. And I don't know, you get that out of him. I don't yeah, know. It, it is just that. Exactly. Was he a hypnotherapist, um, Anthony Joshua? I, mean, I would imagine he's probably got a sports psychologist yeah, some, well somewhere along the line. He may well have done but I think that. he needs to be. I, I think I got a feeling, and I don't. I, I, I could be talking my ass, which I often do. That he needs to. He needs that something like a Dillian White fight that forces him to do it because there's a there's a fear factor there. That yeah, there has to be that he gets knocked out. I think that's what we know now because he because he has kind of skirted around this issue as I described previously. It, that that's what's yeah. happened. He's got to put himself in a position where he's got no choice. Right, and if he's got no choice, or we feel like he's got no choice, but actually he chooses not to do it, then it's time to go. And you call it the moment of truth, right? I just make it. I'm probed in, haven't I? And that's it. You put it on like that. Moment of truth. This is all or nothing, family Joshua. Um, there you go. Jack of all trades, including promoter. Yeah, one of the um, so Carl Frampton put a tweet out, and it's basically saying what we've said here, where he said he was punching at yeah, the no. target, not through the target. Yeah, and that's what you do in the amateurs. Mm. You know, and that's why I kind of yeah, I, I I bottled it and didn't say it on the night, like I said. But it's kind of like that. That's that's what it was. And Derek James in the corner. It was hard to hear the corner sound, but you could take more off what he was the motions, and he was like, and you're just thinking, but he but he's. He's not following through with the right hand, so he's not in a position to throw the left hook. Mm. You know, it just, it's, and, and it's exactly what Barry said about the trainer will train Joshua um, assuming that he's going to commit on the night because that's all you can do, yeah. isn't it? But whether he does or not, it's totally out of Derek James's hands. There's nothing he can do when he walks up those steps and, and we talk about it a lot and you've done it and we haven't and it's, it's you're, on, you're on your own. Even then, you don't, even then you might be comfortable. Sometimes the bell just goes, like, and you and, it, and you go, and your bell goes, and it's like being in a dream. I mean, literally, I've I've done two rounds, and it's been like a dream. Like, and I'm like, come on, what's going on? Yeah, and that, and that could be like catastrophic. Mm. But but it's not that for him. He just he's thinking, no, and rightly so. I got to be safe. See, he used to have a, he used to have a little bit of a rhythm to his work earlier on. So he'd be like, he wouldn't be like he's a bit heavier now, and he's bigger bulked, of course. But he bounced back and forth. But then, but he had unison with his feet and his mm. hands. So he go boom, 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 yeah. boom, 
and that oh bum bum bam and double jab right down and and that really worked for him. Yeah. He's a bit heavier now, so he can't obviously he's bigger he's an older man and understandably he's bulked up and sensibly that I think. So he needs to find a sliding rather than a bouncing and or or just step with the front foot. Like or double the jab. That let that 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 left hand jab is good for everyone, every boxer. That's a, that's a key to open every door, they say. But for a heavyweight it's a pre-request. You have to have it. A solid yeah. jab. You have to have a solid jab. Every any good heavyweight in history has had a good jab, including Anthony Joshua, by the way, which he had a good jab the other day, but he just wouldn't step into it. Go and watch an eighties heavyweight. You just punch him on the shoulders and do anything. To just if you want to just you know if you don't want to hit you back, hit them off balance. Don't go and hit their head. Hit no. their body. Hit them off balance. But step in with it. Commit to it. Stick your chin literally in your pit in your pit here, if you know, and do it that way, and and and, and maybe then commit with your right hand. Give you a bit of confidence, but I do think this that that one fight is the fight that will force him to do it, or he won't. Yeah, and I feel like now, like we spoke about it in the preview, that again, sort of going into the white fight, because I think we both predicted that that Joshua would. How are we doing for time? What's that? How are we doing? Oh, you look at your phone. It's not an issue. I look at my <laughs> no, no, watch. No, I was just no for, for your sake, rather than mine. Um, Twelve minutes past two. You ruined my day anyway. So it doesn't matter, no? Okay, cool. We're good. Uh, but one of the things that we said in in, in the preview show was that. Um, you know, if Joshua went in and, and dominated Franklin and stopped him, kind of makes the White fight because White and Franklin had a very close fight that could have gone either way, less marketable. And I kind of put a tweet out during, I think, the latter rounds of the fight where I'd said that, you know, that actually now makes quite a lot of sense, Joshua versus White, because if Joshua goes there and blows Franklin out in three rounds, how do you then market? I mean, I know they'll always have kind of their names together, but as a competitive fight, it's probably further away. But now after that at the weekend, and I think credit to Franklin, I thought Franklin did very well on the night, um, did better than I expected for sure. It now makes Joshua versus White a, a more compelling, competitive for sure fight. Yeah, it, it, it does. It, it definitely does. And and uh, as I was saying, you know, I would I would be, Derek James and Eddie are not going to go in again, want to go in against Tyson Fury next. But the reason I, I was kind of advocating that was because if it turns out it's not there, then you go out on a massive payday. Yeah. Rather than on the defeat for a fraction of the money against because the best against, fighter in the division, yeah, yeah. Against, against Dillian White, um, but it will be Dillian White next. I mean, with regards to Tyson, you know, he'll be on the phone to Frank Warren, Bob Arum, everybody, surely just saying, "Get me that fight against Joshua," because he will want to get to him. In his head, he will be thinking, "I need to get him before someone else beats him." Yeah, won't he? Yeah, almost definitely. That's what he'll be thinking. But anyway, that you didn't ask me that. But the the Dillian White fight is it is definitely more sellable now because Dillian was there, and you know he said after the fight what every ex pro I've talking to spoken to about this since the um, since the fight, and I won't name them all because some of them were, were private conversations, and I don't really know if they'd want me to say or not. But everyone that I've spoken to, kind of walking out of the arena, but Dillian and Froch went on record with it. But they've all said the same thing: is that yeah, which is exactly what we've been talking about. He's not he's not willing to commit anymore. He's not willing to roll the dice, take that risk. And Dillian D Dillian fancies it massively now. I think off the back of what he saw on Saturday. And just kind of following on from what we said there about so, uh, so, overthinking. So, 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 Dillian might be might end up being the saving grace of his career. Could be. Yeah. 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 I, 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 do <laughs> feel, I do feel like that's the fight. If there's going to be a fight, that's you know a fight that Joshua would still be a favourite in as well. That's going to kind of get that fire burning again. I do think it's that. Obviously, the Fury fight would as well, but I think he's a sizable underdog in that fight if they were mm. to fight next. He's, I think everybody I would. I would say Joshua physically is fresh, I think. Fresh enough to go on for a few more years. Mentally, again, go back to that, I don't know. But I think he hasn't He hasn't been in wars, really. He hasn't got... I don't think, I don't think he got loads of wear and tear. 
so you know it's about his desire and what he wants mm. you know, what do you want when you're a millionaire how much money can you need so it's more money but i mean you have to have an ambition to want to achieve something even though you're a prize fighter so yeah he said that he said that comment the other day because he's trying to you know he's trying to think what do people want me to say yeah i'm afraid to say the right thing now if i say the right media thing you'll call me a, a puppet and if i say the, the if i say if i say what's well, in my heart then i'm too street or whatever for you i don't know he's the kid yeah. can't win can he bless him so just in case you're watching <laughs> but, but the money thing is is kind of yeah it's prize fighting and they're all doing it for the money and i understand when fights don't happen if people don't get what they want because it's it's not relative to what the man in the street earns it is about money but when they started it wasn't you know when they started it was it was about something else completely uh, and the money comes with the glory and the titles but money is your prime motivation won't sustain you for that long I don't think because it was never about that yeah and also when you, you, he's earning money wherever he goes yeah that's the exactly. truth of it because he's exactly, still the yeah. side on almost, ev almost I mean, every he fight might, he, he might he might get a greater fee than me or you if he were to come on this for example well, I tell you what AJ or KD w which, if you're watching you're welcome you know no problem whenever you want to come in he actually, you know, after the fight he was climbing through the uh, you wouldn't keep Anthony Joshua waiting for him no, no for a couple <laughs> of hours yeah, sorry you might have to wait for a couple of hours depending on the trains AJ but you know how it goes did we, get, did we get waiting time? Because literally, I'd be worth a fortune with you. Right, we're not going to do a live <laughs> negotiation with Barry Jones. Um, but yeah, he, he was climbing up. He was climbing over the, uh, the the steps to go and see the fans after the show, which was really nice. And it was good to see, particularly after an unsavory end to the fight, which we'll come on to. And he walked past me and he went, really like the new setup. And I went, thanks, Anthony Joshua. And he, and he went, yeah, it looks really good, man. You're smashing it. And then he just kind of carried on walking. And I was like... He actually does watch it as well, so it's brilliant. So whenever yeah. you're ready, just let oh. KD know. KD, he, he, wants to he, come must, on. Have, he must have CTE. <laughs> yeah, he said that. Remember, by the way, Barry Jones. Um, you, you can catch him pretty much well, anywhere you, that's paying him. You, you couldn't catch me, Joshua, <laughs> unless you commit. Well, like, what, what we were talking about about the kind of the overthinking side of things as well. I mean, the Pulitzer fight. He, the first three rounds, we could have got him out there. Probably should have, I think, got him out of there in the third round. I think when Pulitzer turned his back, maybe fight could have got stopped. But even then, the middle rounds, I was like, okay. Big, big assault, and he sort of said, like, you know, he's tired in that fight. And at the end of the Usyk fight, the rematch, he, he when we spoke to him at the announcement press conference for this, he said that he gave it away in the last few rounds. He had his best round of the fight on Saturday night in the 10th round, and he hurt Franklin, and Franklin just started to look like he was ready to go. Start of the 11th round, it took 40 seconds for AJ to throw a punch. Mm. There was nothing there, and it was, again, it's, 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 oh, well, I've, I've hurt him in that round, because he had the great ninth round against Alexander Usyk in Saudi Arabia, or the good ninth round. I think at the time, it probably looked a little bit more dramatic than it, than it was. But in round 10, Usyk came back, and then 11 and 12 Usyk won so again I don't know whether or not because he did close the fight well stronger than we've kind of seen Joshua close fights I mean he's not gone that that distance in an awful lot of them but again after that 10th round you just wanted him to shut things off and yeah. think right he's ready to go but that's it he's, show, he's shown kind of like I, I said you know it's post Ruiz that I described him as kind of avoiding the issue but he's shown enough in pockets and in spells to make me believe that it is still in there yeah I, I, I do think it is but we do need to... The, the reality is, as we said, he can't... What he wants to do is continue at the top of the division and win world titles again. That's going to involve beating... At the minute, that involves beating Fury or Usyk. And I don't think he's really going to want to box, box Usyk again. And I would understand why, because sometimes there's just that guy, isn't there? Uh, and there's Wilder knocking around as well, which would be a great fight. If he's going to beat any of them... We know, we know that that that's you know he's got to show us. He's I've described it. He's got to be able to flick that switch. It's just that's also, just how it is. People are going. People are getting in the room with Joshua. 
have to have that fear that they once had. Even if they thought they would win, <sighs> yeah, I might win, but I got like what he's feeling now. Exactly that. I yeah. Be, I, yeah. I can't make a mistake with this fella. Cause if he if he hits me the way he throws his shots, yeah. I'm done. I feel like I we may, saw that may, from. Yeah, sorry, Andy, sorry. Maybe in a way, you know, I'm not. I'm, I'm delving into areas here where I'm really not an expert. Let's turn that back but, on him. Come on. But yeah. maybe in a way, that's. <laughs> That, that might be how he needs to think about it himself is I need to start making people feel make them feel how I'm feeling yeah people fancy fighting him now yeah that's the difference I felt like Franklin he approached the fight it. with no fear like yeah. and he said after the fight he had, he had some pop but it wasn't anything on the halfway it was it was it was maybe 3-3 three, 4-2 three. Joshua at best I thought Franklin definitely won the third and the fourth um, yeah that's probably about right I think. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was, I didn't think he was going to win at halfway, Franklin, but he was in it. Yeah, he was definitely in the fight. And again, it was kind of, even though he was 20 pounds lighter than he was when he boxed Dillian White, he kind of, yeah, he didn't have that fear of facing a, a big, destructive yeah. puncher. And you could kind of see that in his work. But yeah, this, this Joshua beats a lot of people. No, let's yeah. say that, right? This Joshua is a good fighter. This Joshua is a nice boxer. He's neat. He got a good jab. Whether it's light or hard, no, no light jabs in heavyweight. Whether he steps in with it or not, he's got a good jab, he's got a good right hand. If you walk onto that right hand, you're in trouble. And 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 he got a good left hook and he a lot of good things. And I think his engine's better than it used to be, slightly. But we're not talking about Joshua fight beating most people. We're talking about Joshua beating Fury Wilder. And, yeah, being number one and, and because music. that's what he wants. Yeah, so and, that's what he wants. That's so what he wants to achieve. Everything's with a view to that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah. I don't think he beats any of them right now. I mean, even if he was committed to his tax, I don't think. He, I think they're just Usyk's just stylistically hard for him. Wilder, because he showed that toughness against Fury, but I didn't think he had, means that he's going to be hard to break. And Fury's just Fury, isn't he? So he's just like, you know, stylistically, that's the worst fight for him because he, whether he comes, he wants a Fury that's been aggressive, that's what he needs. And I hope he walks onto a shot. But then you know he's going to get back up. So you empty your tank and then he beats you. So, you know, he, and a negative Fury doesn't get near because he works behind the jab. And, that's the, and, Fury, and Fury will always just take that step back and move to the side and spin you on the rope. You're never going to get him. So I don't think he beats those, but you have to, there's a view to that. And the and the more positive, assertive, confident Joshua has a better chance, whether it be slim or not. But this Joshua has no chance. That's the truth for them three. This was yeah. the, the exactly the first fight under Derek James. Well, I, I don't want to rest say, in peace, Anthony Joshua. I don't know whether to say there was any um any improvements, but any any differences did you see, Andy, in in the Anthony Joshua that we saw out in Saudi Arabia against Alexander Usyk? It's just no. such a different kind of fight, isn't it? It's mm. it's hard to make any real comparisons. But one thing, he was 18 stone three and he didn't look remotely like he was gassing at any point, I didn't think. So that's that that's that's a positive. He's been training at that weight, that's the difference. I think not just bulking it on. I didn't see any difference, to be fair. There was probably little bits. And I think the weight was probably a good idea for the plan they had. I just don't think he did the exact, exact what they wanted him to do, which was be more strong-minded and committed. That's and, all. And he wanted the knockout. He was, he was climbing over. He said, mm. are you happy with your performance? He said, no. And I said, why? Yeah. He said, I wanted flatline. I wanted to knock yeah. him out. Yeah. And, he, and he obviously didn't get that. But he's, yeah. waiting for the he he's waiting for that shot, the opportunity to present itself, which he might have, and it could have a few times. And he did hit it. To be fair, frankly, Good chin. It was tough. It's good chin. Really, yeah, really good chin. To be fair, so that, we have to, let's not forget about that. But I just feel that uh, maybe a, a Joshua of the past would have forced it more and maybe got it. 
even if you just knock him out, he pummels him into submission, maybe, or different. You know, the referee has to step in or whatever. And I think that's that's the difference. So that weight, I think, if he were to box the weight exactly to instructions, and I'm, I'm just guessing, but I feel that weight would have been a plus, a massive plus for him. Okay, all right. Before we wrap things up on Anthony Joshua versus Jermaine Franklin, let's talk about the end of the fight. Um, the a very strange end to the fight. Barry, going to come to you first because you were in the thick of it. No, it wasn't in causing the thick. all the trouble. Yeah. I said, I said to Tony, oh, "He's looking at you, that fella." <laughs> and that was it. It's really a joke. He was actually asking for an autograph. Tony, can you sign? He's sticking his fingers up to you. No, I just see. Well, I didn't know what happened. Something was said. One well, clearly, like you've all seen it. But then, oh, I knew ran over and said, "Come on, Tony," and he just. One having it, so I went off. I'm not done. I've done my due diligence. <laughs> what am I going to do? I'll batter your kneecaps, mate. But yeah, and I, I stood on the chairs then. And I think someone thought I was going to run over the chairs, and like, but I, was, I couldn't see. <laughs> I had to stand on the chairs to see. And then my hero, Steve Bunce, went in, didn't he, and pulled him back. Great work by Bunce. Yeah, former um, Fitzroy Lodge Junior Boxer of the Year, Steve Bunce. And then pulled him back. He was the calmest man in the in, in the whole scenario, though, Steve. No, Carl Foch was the calmest man. Yeah, Carl Foch was filming it for Frotch oh, on YouTube. Frotch was loving it, wasn't he? Frotch, <laughs> Frotch has become one of my favourite fighters. Literally, he's yeah. become, he is just a wind up. He's constantly on the oh, wind yeah. up. I don't care, does he? he doesn't care. Yeah, no, he doesn't. He doesn't. That's his great. That's his great. He phoned me up and he could like he did the he did the BBC. Um, <laughs> he did the, it's terrible. He'd take the piss off me, really. He did the BBC uh, like five live commentary, and then they do a podcast after, and you get extra money for that. But he couldn't do it, so they asked me to step in. And he phoned me up Monday, Sunday, yesterday. Man, see what I did for you. I go, like, I go but that money for that money for you, Carl. I like, you do me a, that money for you. It's like what you spend for your, in a sweet shop with your kids. You call up That's going to pay my gas for his percentage. Yeah, that pays my gas and electric, mate. So thank you, like you know, like, thanks, like, thanks. But it, it was all pretty strange, wasn't it? Because as it was happening, when you know after the final bell went and Anthony kind of got hold of Franklin, it, it looked to me at least like it was quite playful to start with but I don't know whether it was and maybe it wasn't but it kind of looked that way and then it turned into something else because Franklin you know he had to like, kind of lift yeah. his head up to get out of the way and then the corner saw the face of their fighter where he was looking pretty not impressed with it to say the least and they reacted in a way that any corner would at that point um, and really in the way that any corner should at that point and it all went a bit it all went a bit tits up from there didn't yeah, it to I be think honest like Franklin was obviously hurt late on in the fight and he was, he was I don't want to say hanging on I don't think he was in any danger after the 10th round of being stopped but he was holding on and he was yeah. spoiling and he was leaning in with the head and Joshua kind of the, the bell went early as well the bell went yeah, six or seven seconds early and Joshua kind of went over to him and it seemed to me he was just sort of mocking the way he was hanging on and he was putting the head in and oh, if you do that then I'm going to give you yeah. a bit of that sort of thing yeah that's what made me think that it was kind of it was kind of. But, I guess it was. I guess it was always like semi-serious because. But then it became quite very serious, didn't yeah, it? Yeah. When we saw Franklin's Franklin's um, family as well as kind of his corner get involved, and you've got stuff like that's just not a good look for for the sport in general. I don't it's, think it's, it's not it's a good great. look. And people should know better. But in the heat of that, and yeah. people, you forget where these where fighters have come from, whatever they are now, where they come from. So you know, you just you're you're not going to back up. No, no, no. Think about that. Someone needs to break it, whether it's a smile or something. If no one does. It, it only takes, escalates. and that only takes half a second for them. Yeah, someone don't escalates because nobody, like, yeah. nobody can back down. And like mm. I said, you know, the, I described the corner as doing what any corner should. And and if you're not used to kind of boxing, I guess you might think, well, no, but surely they should calm it down. But they, you can't do that. No. You can't be the one who 
who kind of says, oh, and actually, don't worry, Jermaine, it's okay for him to do that to you. You can't do that. Potentially born out of frustration from Joshua, not getting that stoppage that he was very open about wanting. Yeah, I think so, a little bit. And also, you know, he's in a fight, didn't he? And I think he, I think he felt that like frankly had no respect for him from the whole fight. I don't feel. Were, and yeah, I think he was a little bit frustrated by it all. But it's, it escalated. These things become more of a talking point than fights nowadays. It's ridiculous, you know. And then with Tony Bellew, you know, getting involved, that makes it a bigger issue. And, and like, it just who cares? I don't care about that stuff really. I never have, never will. It's funny. Oh, it's not funny. It's funny until someone gets hurt. That's what I'd say. Yeah. So something bad happens. But but nothing. When you think about it, nothing really happened. That's the truth. Think about it. It's a lot of arguing and pushing and stuff. But no, no, it's nothing like watching, happened. It was like watching football, wasn't it? Where, when there's yeah, a flare yeah, up yeah. in football, everybody's pushing each other and, and mouthing off, but no one ever actually does anything. Yeah, it, it got quite Wars chaotic at ringside, but yeah, yeah, it's chaotic. it sounds chaotic. And I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't uh, Galata Bow, was it? I mean. No, exactly. No. Nothing <laughs> yeah, there wasn't a, there wasn't a punch thrown in anger, so no, or no. punch thrown at all. I did shadow box behind their back, just in case they just to try to intimidate you. Like, watch me now. But yeah, yeah, so nothing really happened, and it wasn't. It was. It was never. I've been. I've been ringside. I've been sometimes, and I've gone. Oof, I'll look for a way out here. No, like like that. I'll look for a way out. But that was never in that situation. So who cares? Andy, we're up f we're at half past. Do you need to be off? 10 minutes. 10 minutes. 10 okay, minutes. that gives us long enough to talk about the new WBO featherweight champion of the world, Robesi Ramirez. Uh, fulfilled his, his amateur promise. I think he's probably underselling his amateur record, but anyway, <laughs> by uh, a dominant decision win over Isaac Dogbait on the cards, but a good fight and a good competitive outing. And um, yeah, one that Dogbait can take something away from, but just not the WBO featherweight title, Andy. Yeah, I think it turned out to be pretty much what we expected, which for a vacant title, vacant title fights are not always great. Um, but, but but this was a good matchup because Dog Bay has got decent credentials, definitely still has ambition. And we knew that he's, as well as being a, you know, a skillful fighter, he's a, he's a tough fighter with a lot of pride. Um, but Ramirez is just better than him. It, it's really as simple as that. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching it. Didn't think it was a knockdown, probably, mm. towards the end. He mm. kind of got dragged down more than yeah. knocked down. But there wasn't any <laughs> he got doubt. Help, he about... got helped on his way, didn't he? Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. yeah, There wasn't any doubt about the result. Um, and it is good to see a fighter like Ramirez, who, as we discussed last week, you know, you have this fairly cataclysmic event in your life of having to leave Cuba and all that that involves. And it doesn't always work out uh, necessarily as successfully as as it might really we, yeah yeah we've seen that down the years it's it really is a very difficult thing to do and he's done it um and he'll go down in history as one of those number of fighters you reel off as examples of people who've lost their first pro fight and then gone on to to do great things so i just you know i'm just really interested to see where he goes from from here and, and as for dog bay there's there's good fights out there for him still Definitely good fights out there for him still. As far as somebody, I mean, kind of delving quite deep into sort of records, but as far as kind of somebody who's lost their first pro fight, to win a world title in your 13th fight must be some sort of record. I don't think, I don't think anybody would have done that before. No, 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 cause, no cause, absolutely cause, not. I mean, 13 fights is quick anyway without yeah. losing yeah, your first but, fight. But nobody did that back then. People had a proper apprenticeship. That's why, more than anything. Yeah. I thought so. But I, I would say, but, but you look at his amateur record, and how many of the fighters he's boxed? 
as an amateur how successful they are as pros today so he's no Shakur Stevenson oh yeah. his Olympic final against Shakur Stevenson is like an all time classic did he watch Akhmadiliev as well um, he went missing for a bit in, in that Olympic cycle so he didn't go to the 2015 World Championships um, I don't know what happened but he then kind of re-emerged for the qualifiers for Rio so off the top of my head I'm not sure if he did yeah. box up Madaliev he may well not have because I think he might have because I was um, kind of diving through he might his. be on his box yeah. record but, but anyway like, he's brilliant like, he's brilliant but I thought he was going to do a better job yeah he beat him in the semi-finals at Rio before right. the Stevenson fight I thought he was going to do a better job actually but I think he, like, I thought, I thought, I thought Dog Bay was maybe just a little bit jaded, but showed he's not. To be fair to him, and I also I thought moving up the featherweight, he was just one of those guys who was too big for super bantam because he's stocky, but not big enough for super, for featherweight because he's too short. I think even though, even though I know Ramirez is not the tallest either. To be fair, I was a tall featherweight, <laughs> but um, he's brilliant, but he coasts. As well at times, yeah, he does. I think, and that, that, and that, and he didn't need to. I think, he, so that's why I always think he could do better. But also, I wasn't disappointed because some of the things that he that he, that he can do, the judgment, the distance. I know I, I mentioned the same bloody thing all the time, but they, when they got it, when they have, when they when when special fighters have that, you just see how easy things are for him, and he's just beautiful. He make you miss by an inch and make you pay, and then if you not again, he rattles off a, like a four punch combination. Then he goes and walks away and does nothing for a little while because he can. And this is a world title fight against a former world champion. And he and he made it look not easy, but when he wanted to, he, he had gears to go through, but didn't sustain them. So he, he, you know, he, he sort of boxed a third gear all the way through the fight, I felt. But he could have went up and down. And even again, he'd pop into fourth and go, Brr! and then he'd just go back down a bit and make sure he did enough and make you miss and frustrate you and you know, put under pressure. But never panicked because he felt in control. I expected him to win the fight. I did expect it to go the distance. I didn't expect him to stop Dogbe because we spoke no, about how me, tough no, he is. No, me, no, me either. But I thought he would just like be popping his head in this mm. left, right, and centre. That's what I thought. Dogbe's had that kind of he's had that good comeback up at featherweight in his last three fights, hasn't he? He's been matched well. Yeah. But yeah, I always expected it to be a tough fight for him. It's the first time we've seen Ramirez go twelve rounds as well. He'd only been ten before once. Um, so yeah, a good. I think a good overall night for him. Maybe not the spectacular performance that you know potentially we were expecting from him. Yeah. But but obviously winning a world title is great anyway. But doing twelve rounds against a very game. Okay, I agree with you with regards to the super bantamweight side of things. But a game legitimate world title level fighter in no, Isaac Dobby. Yeah, Dobby's a good fighter. And, yeah. I, and I, me me saying I think he might be a little bit jaded. I was wrong, totally. To be fair, I think. I think that's absolute bollocks me saying it. No, I, no, I think about it, but <laughs> I just did that, and I've never thought he'd be that effective as a featherweight. But I still think he is a force, and he will struggle. People will struggle with him, but and Ramirez is brilliant. He's a lovely to watch. So I'm sort of moaning about him. I don't know why, because I really enjoyed it. Really enjoy watching him. But I think there's more of him. That's why. I know you see, it's just there's more of you. Mm. Like there's more of you to show. Featherweight at the minute is brilliant. Like I think, no, like he just, kind of had a little period of time after. Sort of with Russell with his inactivity so probably two or three years ago I was thinking like eh, it's not as strong as it had been previously but now you've got Ray Vargas Brandon Figueroa Mauricio Lara yeah. Robesi Ramirez it's, it's stacked it's a brilliant division um, who would you like to see him box next Andy uh, Luis Alberto Lopez of course who's boxing Michael Conlon um, mm-hmm. oh. I mean I, I would love to see him box a, a Brit basically because I would love to see him over here. You know, for purely selfish reasons, I would I would just love to see him. We, we, um, don't, we listen. We don't like foreigners over here. 
Yeah. So well, you, you, could, you, 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 could potentially, you could potentially see... Um, Him and Colin would be good. That's yeah. a rematch, yeah. aren't they? Because, yeah. you know, that would be an easy one to make if Michael could, could get end. the win. Um, which He will get the win. Uh, which I believe he will, and I yeah. hope he does. Um, I would love to see that. You know, Colin was the 2015 world champion. We know what happened in the Olympics with him in his in his quarterfinal against Nikitin. The, the pictures of him doing that to the ringside judges. That we went we'll use that for the thumbnail. That the went, went around the world. So, you know... The, you you the, just did it better than he did. There's just there's great there's great history to that fight. There's great history to that fight. So, yeah, that that's what I'd like to see. Kind of any of those in the mix, really. Are the names I've just listed there or any of them as, as well. There's Ray Ford boxing Jesse Magdaleno this weekend. There's Nick yeah. Ball as Ooh, well. Yeah. That's um, the, the, Ray Ford's got a hard night. That's that a, is a vicious fight for him. They've matched I, I him like that the Magdalena. whole way through. I know. I'm not sure if he gets over the line. Magdalene's been inactive only boxed once yeah, in the last yeah. couple of years but he's yeah. boxed at the much higher yeah. level There's he's beat Donair I know it's a while ago but you know you're in with someone who's he's now training with Kevin Barry yeah. in Las Vegas Jesse Magdalene we don't have time to, to do that whole preview uh, we've just got, did it got four minutes until um, until we have to, to wrap Ramirez is a good addition to the featherweight it's brilliant like, and that featherweight is starting to look really really it, it, really it, strong it, it against Lares or Lopez if they get through them sort of fights about all Lee who get the punches the cast of force will yeah. force the fight different and all really, nationalities yeah, different, different nationalities styles, but diff different, yeah, different styles imagine like a Ray Vargas versus a Mauricio Lara yeah I, Lara was ringside at the weekend and um uh, Gareth Gareth A Davis went went over and, and got him on for us at Talksport because he speaks he speaks fair dues to Gareth he actually does does speak Spanish well um, but I just I like Lara's kind of I like the fact that he doesn't speak English and I like yeah. the fact that he is just what he looks like which is just a really tough bloke yeah um, and he's great to watch There's that 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 kind of gallery of fighters at featherweight is just really appealing one isn't it absolutely and before we wrap up let's talk about a fight that was announced this past weekend you mentioned Mauricio Lara against Leewood May the 27th Barry so it's good good date nothing's going on see so it's like a <laughs> yeah, yeah it's good the yeah. road is clear yeah. Yeah. <laughs> quite like a quiet night you know, it's, it's nice to have like I'd love to see all these stations and channels and apps get just you know, we'll all sit down and try and get the schedule all in line with each other so they're gonna all fucking clash where, where are you gonna be working that night whoever pays the money What's that? Whoever pays I'm, lo I'm loyal to... Um, Whoever's paying it. I've got a family to feed, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the reason why I mentioned the date was not because of the oversaturation of shows. Thanks very much, promoters. Um, is because of the time that's elapsed between the first fight and the second fight. Early March to end of May. Looking at about 10 weeks. Not great at maths. Um, is that a good thing, a bad thing, or does it pay, pay no difference, I in your opinion? I don't think it pays much difference. You probably know Lee was boxing so well, like he's mm. boxing well. But against someone like Lara, you can't have a second rest. Now, he didn't do anything wrong. I mean, probably did do things wrong. But I mean, you can't concentrate for three minutes of every round. It's impossible, and because you physically you just have no energy. But you also can't switch off for a second because he will just walk you down. So it's always going to be that fight again. It's a dangerous fight to take, and like you, you want the title back, and I admire him for doing it. I'm glad he's doing it because that's what boxing should be. No, because no, we all have a rematch clause, but I know it's fair enough. But and it's but this is a fight. What I I wouldn't complain about being in a rematch because he was boxing so well and was winning quite clear. I thought, and but he got stopped, and it, and the stoppage was perfect. By the way, the the, the, the no Ben Davidson that did the right call, and I said it on the night, and and he, and, the, and people have come on board. No, not on board. My thinking on board, the thinking it was the right thing. People went up up in the air about it, but he did the right thing. But that might very well happen again. That's the worry. You might very well box out of his skin, do everything perfect, and then get caught again. One of the things that is 
probably worth noting is that if Ben Davison didn't throw the towel in and Mauricio Lara jumps on top of him, lands six, seven clean shots and knocks him out, I don't think Lee Wood's boxing on May the 27th. No. And certainly, then, and people go, oh, you need 10 seconds. And I like, well, like you can throw 50 punches in 10 seconds. It's a really long time. No, I mean, no, I mean, of no weight, but Lara could throw seven, eight, nine quality heavy shots in 10 seconds. Yeah, By the way, absolutely. he was here to there away. He's already walked forward. Mm. Yeah. He's cleverly walked forward. Because yeah. what happens when you do that? You go forward, the referee don't walk you back. He pushes you back. And then when he pushes you back, you know what you do? Keep you keep your front foot yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. You step with your back foot. So your body moves back and you go right on him. Yeah, so he was standing he, on top of him, basically. Yeah, he was ready to go. And also, Lee was got up and he wobbled a bit, and then he stopped wobbling, but he's still wobbly. Yeah. So, you know, it, it was the right call. I think of Mauricio Lara, I put a tweet out where I said about um, if he boxes, Eddie was talking about Warrington, obviously, I've got Otabek Kolmatov, who's the WBA manager, oh, so it may have to be in dad. between that. But let's say he boxes Lee Woods, and I think he turns tw he's turned 25 now. I think he's 26 next February, Who Lara. Is? Is Lara, that what he is? 25. So if, 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 if he boxes he? Lee Wood, well, he boxed Lee Wood on May the 27th, and let's say he boxes Warrington December, January next year, he would have boxed Lee Wood and Josh Warrington a combined five times before the age of 26, which I found just insane. Yeah. Uh, considering the level around, of opposition for the rest of it. Um, we do have to wrap things up. So before we do that, we're going to have a couple of quick predictions from each of our esteemed guests. Andy, going to come to you first. Anthony Joshua versus Dillian White. July the something or other. How does that fight end? I'm going to say that it forces the flicking of the switch, as I described it, out of Joshua. That it forces it out of him and he stops him. Barry? He's only saying that because he thinks he's watching. He will be watching. Big up, but Anthony I know, Joshua. But that is what I want to happen. Yeah. Like, I know. I'm not, that's it's kind of a know, similar sort of prediction that you'd give yeah. for the Franklin fight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I want to say yeah. that's what I want to happen. I want, I want to, I want to see him have that final tilt at the top level um, before he hangs them up. The final countdown would be called. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, over to our, our resident promoter now, yeah. uh, Barry. Exactly the same. What he's just literally what you said. That's enough. I, I, I'm the same way. I think. I think because it forces him to do it. And I think, uh, if anything, out of fear, he has to throw. And I think, and I think, because Dillian does leave gaps, and more so now than he used to, because he's so committed, and that's why we love to watch him. Mm. I think that's that's the mistake he makes, and I think Joshua gets him. <sighs> With plenty of risk attached to it. Yeah, I think he might get wobbled a yeah, bit if early. It's not, and, and if it's not quite, if it's if it's not there, that ability to, as we say, you know. Dillian's Roll the dice, jump. then Dillian could beat him. Dillian's got to jump at him from the first second. I mean, yeah. run out. I mean, literally, be like a be like a sprinter out of that out of that corner rather than anything else, and just jump on him. I mean, my man, maybe just just jump on him, but do just, just but make him feel uncomfortable. Do so that again, bro. Yeah, <laughs> just uh, make him feel uncomfortable. Just get on him as quick as you can. Hit him with anything: head, elbow, knee, don't matter. Just make him uncomfortable. But I think Joshua at some point will do. I gotta do it. It certainly made me uncomfortable. I'll jump up and down. Um, right, last one. Barry, going to come to you. Would Lara to repeat or revenge? I think repeat. Similar sort of fight? Wood is winning until he's not? Yes, I think so. Listen, Wood boss better than I thought he could. i got to be honest. He was fantastic. He's been fantastic anyway. What a, what a story he had. But I think it's the same thing. You just the ladder just uh, I'm not sure box him and, and 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 hit him with big shots and all the rest of it. He doesn't seem panicky at all, like he doesn't. And I just think that he will find the find the shot. Andy, yeah, I'm, unfortunately, I think repeat too. I, I think when you're 
it's a real double-edged sword when you look at a defeat and think correctly you didn't really do anything wrong because in a way you can try and write it off and say well you, you always want to learn from it but you can say well you know one of those things that happens in boxing I got caught or, or sometimes you can be sitting there thinking yeah I lost and I didn't really do anything wrong because that, then in your head you're thinking that could happen again I'll do a correct mistake I've never yeah. made exactly exactly yeah Okay, well, thanks very much, guys, for joining us today. And I'm sorry, again, that I was very, very late. Um, not, ex not accepted, but go on. Move okay, on. brilliant. Uh, I'm going to pay for that, quite literally, probably. Um, <laughs> thanks to you all for stopping by and to our panel of guests, Mr. Andy Clark and Barry Jones. From me, Rob Tebber, and from ID Boxing here at ID Studios. Thanks very much for stopping by and listening to the ID Boxing podcast. We'll catch up with you next time.